0: okay here we go my guest today super excited about this uh, serial entrepreneur speaker founder and ceo of everbowl and uh from right here in san diego jeff fenster here today jeff what's up
1: what's up man thank you for having me it's uh, truly an honor to be on i appreciate the invite and Excited to, to get to spend some time hanging and, and
0: chatting. Well, there's uh, I, I appreciate you being here. There's so much to talk about, and so I'll try and I'll try and limit it to uh, you know be conscious of your time a little bit here. Really want to talk about Everbowl, but I want to go back a little bit first and kind of talk about you a little bit because uh, I know you went to law school, and then I think the story goes that you were thinking about becoming a, a sports agent, um, but then you somehow transferred pretty hardcore into the, being an entrepreneur. So h- how did that happen?
1: Sure. Yeah. So definitely went to law school with the idea of being a sports agent, loved sports, wanted to stay connected to, to that industry, even though I couldn't be a professional mm-hmm. athlete. In um, my third year of law school, had a job lined up, was going to be a sports agent. And I uh, met my wife, we uh, got engaged, my fiancee, we had a, we had a little daughter and uh, ultimately didn't want to have to travel around the world representing talent and be an absentee father, understanding mm-hmm. the needs that come with that role in that profession. And so when I graduated, I just made the decision that being a dad went more to me than being a sports agent. And so had no idea what I was going to do with myself. Uh, I had six figures in law school loans and that I had to start paying back and a little baby and a fiancee, so life. I guess you can call it responsibility. And back then, entrepreneur wasn't really even a word. I probably couldn't even spell it or knew what it meant. Um, there were uh, employees and business owners back then, and I was in no position to be a business owner. So I got a job. Uh, you know, I went and got a sales job selling payroll services for ADP, the payroll company, and thought that that was a good way to kind of figure out what I was going to do with myself, what I was going to do in life. I knew I was good in sales, and I had a friend there. And so I, I took the job and, and um, was fortunate to utilize uh, my approach to selling has always been making friends and utilizing a solution-based selling sales approach. And rather than sell people, I just made friends and networked and helped as many people as I could and in turn, usually was able to slide my services or, or uh, products in there. And um, was the number one sales rep in the country my first six months in a, at ADP. Made a lot of money and uh, built a big ego and was living the cool lifestyle world experience of golfing three days a week working you know 10 12 hours and making six figures and thought this was the dream i was like hey i'm gonna be an outside sales door for adp forever this is it i'm set uh <laughs> in six months later or five months in i bought a house my first house with my fiance and my daughter got had a wedding date um and everything was good and i had earned a an annual bonus of $17,000, which was supposed to go to my base pay. And so I went to my boss in January and I said, listen, I earned this bonus. Can I start getting the increase in base? I just sunk all my my reserves into the house and I still had these loans and a wedding to pay for and a kid. And my boss said I had to wait to the end of the fiscal year. And I said, well, that's not till the end of June. So you mean I don't get the, the raise until July? And they said, yes. And I said, well, that doesn't make sense. I've already earned it. And I really had a hard time. Uh that, that whole idea of trading time for reward and not being able to to be done just based on my merit really just felt like I was in a prison. And mm-hmm. I went home that night and told my fiance I wanted to threaten I wanted to basically give them an ultimatum and threaten to quit if they didn't give it to me. And if I had to quit, I wanted to move us out of the house we just bought, move in with my mom and dad and start a payroll company because F A D P and I was gonna go steal all their clients and build my own mm-hmm. empire. And And it was my ego, you know, I was 24 years old and I, it was all ego driven and she was supportive. So I went in, I threatened to quit it. They didn't give it to me. They called my bluff. And so I literally quit my job and moved out of the house we had just moved into and moved in with mom and dad and my daughter and fiance and started a payroll company out of my mom's kitchen, not knowing anything about what I was doing or how I was going to do it.
0: (laughs) Wow. So the first company that you started was a, was a payroll company,
1: Payroll and human resource, basically what I was selling at ADP. I just mirrored exactly that. I said, okay, I know I can sell the ever-living shit out of it, so to speak. And I had a lot of clients and and knew the process. And so um, a buddy of mine who had gotten a job there also selling payroll, I convinced him to leave and we started iChecks out of my mom's kitchen. And the idea was we were just going to go and attack ADP clients and steal them and do a better job with service and do a better job. You know, because at the end of the day, payroll's payroll, right? It's like bank. Whether you bank with yeah. Chase or Wells Fargo or Bank of America, I mean, they hold your money. They have offer lending services, but at the end of the day, it's the human side is why, or it's the stickiness of once you've selected. But why you change banks is customer experience. It's actually not because Chase can offer me something, Wells Fargo can't, or vice versa. Um, it's true in payroll, right? Like, so as long as you understand the mechanics of how you process someone's check and file the taxes for them, it's a it's a human game and. We were really good at that, and I was really good at that. So I thought we had a chance, and uh, that was our first company. started in 2008, uh, grew it, scaled it, raised some private equity capital, changed the name to Canopy HR, uh, built an online HRIS platform, which was basically digitizing what was done primarily by paper in the industry and took it online and then ended up selling it to a company in Florida in
0: 2011. Wow.
1: And, so- uh, that was my first foray into entrepreneurship.
0: Right. And when you're making that change, so you, you had a house, so you had a mortgage to pay and I mean, a, that's a, that's a bold, confident move right there. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, speaking on entrepreneurship these days and talking to people, a lot of people use the, I have a mortgage, I have a family as a, as a reason not to move forward right. do it. I'm on the other side of that. If I didn't have those things, I might be less inclined to do it uh, because I have no real why, but the fact that I do have a family and I do have a kid and that kid or now kids look up to me and, and I'm either pursuing my best version of myself and chasing what's important to me in my dreams or I'm showing them that settling for less than your best and less than what you want in life is okay. And I just couldn't look my daughter in the eye and say, yeah, I'm staying at this job because I care so much about this starter house we bought in this suburb community. And so I'm gonna trade my happiness to do that it just to me it just doesn't correlate like i i wanted to be the example for my children my child that was no you know if you want something in life go get it and i can always get another job selling payroll i mean like that's the other thing about a job i mean it's, it's not like it was a once in a lifetime job i wasn't the star of some yeah. box office hit movie where it's like if i quit <laughs> this job i may not get it again <laughs> you know, like, oh, cool. um yeah and there's competitors to ADP. I could walk into paychecks and say, hey, I sold a ton of payroll for ADP. I started my own company. It failed, but I'm great at selling this. They'd give me a job. So the job part for me was like, "That that's a backup plan. That's not my first plan. So for me, it was always like, I'm going to go chase what's most important to me and, and be the example to my child that says, hey, when you want something, go get it. And so I didn't care about the house. I didn't care about moving back in with mom and dad. I mean, I was fortunate to have a support group that enabled me to do that. And they allowed me to not everyone has that so i was fortunate but um and i had a supportive fiance who was willing to also do that not a lot of uh spouses are willing to support someone and say yeah well, you know let's move out of our new house we just got and right, move in right with your parents. um so of course I, I was fortunate for those things but it's about you know especially entrepreneurship it's about prioritizing what's important to you and going after it with 100 dedication and focus and settling is especially in my in your 20s and 30s to settle it's like i was 24 years old like why would i choose to settle then you know the one thing if i was two years away from retirement age and 63 years old and i have kids in college and it's like now is not the time probably to gamble like just finish it out you've come this far i was in the opposite i was at the beginning so uh you know everyone sitting on the sideline who's waiting because they're worried about paying their mortgage or they have a family i'm going to challenge you to realize you have a family that those children are looking up to you. And you're either going to be the example that says, I'm going to go get what I want in life, or you're showing them that, no, you settle for less than that and live a life that isn't as fulfilling as it should be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's for me, the, the, you know, my biggest fear probably is, is that regret of not, you know, living the life that, you know, was meant for me. So um, you mentioned, known your why. And I've heard you say that before a few times in, in, in some of your other talks. Uh, so what does that mean to you?
1: It, it's, my, it's my North Star. It's my compass, right? Because when, when things are tough, it's easy when things are good, right? When you feel good and everything's working perfectly and the economy's booming and you're feeling great, it's easy to work out. It's easy to go get that job. It's easy to talk to that customer or client. It's easy to get along. But it's when things are tough is when you need an actual plan for, right? Because we're all excited and initially, and it's very easy to get things done, but where everyone falls off track is when things are tough. And so in the tough times, in the big storms of life, if you don't have a a North Star or a compass that's leading you and you can fall back on to focus on that one element, then that's where you get off track. And so if you have a strong why as to why you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, that could be your North Star. So, you know, at Everbowl, our why is, is, to promote an unevolved lifestyle, it's to promote everyone being their best self through movement and eating real food, stuff that's been made, uh, made from stuff that's been around forever. And so as a result of that, no matter what we're dealing with as a company, our why is does this blank, whatever that is, does that help promote us towards our goal of helping people achieve an unevolved lifestyle, promoting an unevolved lifestyle. So I can get through all of the nuances of business and the congestion of the world and say, Very simply on a binary basis. Yes or no. Does this help promote that? No, don't do it. Yes, do it. Same thing personally, right? Whatever your why is, when things are tough, you can evaluate all the shit that's in front of you and say, does this help me get closer to that? And when you clearly identify what that is, your why, um, you know what's important. You know it's like when someone's having a tough time making a decision they say flip a coin and see which and heads is one tails the other and see which one you're rooting for when the coins in the air.
0: yeah i've never heard anybody say that i, I love that because it's <laughs> so true
1: right because deep know? down part of you wants one more than the other you just may not be able to be clear on it and so spending the time to clearly know what is your why in your relationship in business in life in enjoyment etc you can prioritize really easily. And, you know, I think one of my biggest strengths as an individual has been to simplify things down to its simplest form, to keep it simple for myself, right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't let a lot of complicated things feel complicated because I simplify it. And that's what I try to help everyone around me understand is things are much easier than we make them out to be when you simplify it. And so taking it down to its simplest form what's your why and then does what you're doing promote that and if your why is to live um, a, a life that is you know fi- you want financial freedom and you want flexibility and schedule and you don't want to be stuck in an office and you're working a nine to five or or a nine to six waiting for the day that you get there, you're not living your why so immediately make life changes towards that why right or if you're right. building a company and you want to be an unevolved lifestyle brand like we do and we're focusing on things that aren't promoting that well then we're not moving closer to our goal so all these other ancillary objectives or things that we're thinking about aren't the real stuff for us. If we get out of that, we could be laser focused on our why and go get it.
0: Yeah, right. And you're talking about the. Let's talk about the brand. You mentioned the unevolve. And I think your motto is make friends and and have fun. Um, It all kind of goes together with that company culture that you've built. How important is that to entrepreneurs and just you know small businesses in general just building that that culture
1: i mean if you're going to have if you're not a one man or one woman show and you're going to have employees it's everything right because the same thing that we're talking about simplistic simplistically your culture your your company culture your the why you are all together is what drives you right so at everbowl the two main rules to work with us is make friends and have fun so if you're if you're someone who doesn't like to make friends and have fun, you're not going to enjoy working with us. And we're not going to be a company that you're going to feel empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So obviously if, if, if you don't understand your own core values and your corporate core values, how can you expect others to do it? And how can you attract the right people and resources and opportunities around you, right? So I, we have five core values that serve us well. The first two are make friends and have fun. And those two drive everything. Because if you're making friends with your coworkers, you're treating them respectfully. You're not you know, judging them. You're not stealing. You're showing up on time. You're doing all those things that we could list very mundanely. You know, you're know, doing the same thing with customers, right? And if you're having fun and you're smiling and you're bringing uh, a positive, uplifting attitude to the workplace, it's contagious, right? It's like walking down the street. If I smile at a stranger, they're going to smile back. If I frown at a stranger, they're going to frown back. It's so contagious that, um, that when you do those things, that's what drives each of the different um, outcomes that you're looking for, right? So for us, make friends and have fun is the simplistic way of us saying, we're just looking for outgoing people that want to enjoy each day and, and smile and have a good time and, and be the best person themselves, which will help promote the unevolved lifestyle.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, and I'm sure that, I mean, why wouldn't you want to work in a place like that, right? Making friends and, and <laughs> I mean, I but, yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, it probably drives everybody to kind of do a better job, you know, really be kind of vested in the company, I would think. I mean,
1: yeah. And and if it, and again, some people are like, you know what? I'm more of a keep to myself. I'm not outgoing. I don't like yeah. the social aspect of it. I don't want to be around a lot of people. I'm an introvert. Then clearly, this is not the right fit, which is okay. Right. It doesn't make you a bad human. It doesn't make <laughs> you a good human yeah. if you aren't those things, right? It yeah. just means This is not the right fit. Going back to your why individually, this is not the right fit. So you're not going to be happy here. Therefore, let's just agree that we're just not going to move forward together.
0: Yeah. Well, and then staying on the branding and even going towards the the personal branding, um, you know, I heard you also say this in another talk and it really hit home with me. Um, You know, it was something to to the effect of, you know, people really don't follow companies, that people follow people. Uh, And you made the example of, you know, People don't want to follow Tesla per se. They want to. They want to listen to to Elon Musk. Um, I see you've got the hat on. You know, I know that's part of part of your brand. Um, talk about that a little bit on how those kind of all relate together for the company.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's what inspires us, right? We're humans, and we're we're community driven by, like in in the DNA of human beings. People congregate together, and so inspiring humans is what drives change. It's not rules it's not a set of material like uh steve jobs is what makes what made apple apple and did yeah. he actually create the technology no but but his ability to to inspire the team to come up with that and then inspire customers to understand it and embrace it and want to be part of that apple culture or what elon musk does at tesla or what jeff bezos has done at amazon or what bill gates even though he's a very different kind of human did at microsoft or even zuckerberg did at facebook the fact that we name them shows that it's the human side that drives it all together um and so when you're building a company if you don't have if there's a distortion between the company's culture and the, and the ceo or the founder or the visionary's culture as a human it's not going to grow right it's going to be it's contradictory if, if i was someone who smoked cigarettes all day and and just ate McDonald's, but wanted to create Everbull and promote an unevolved lifestyle. But I wasn't living and breathing that. And it was a, there was a true differentiator between my core values and the company. It wouldn't be authentic. It would be fake. And so I couldn't inspire people to do what I say, but not what I do. Versus Everbull has was built just because my personal business rules are make friends and have fun. And I'm a hypochondriac and afraid of illness. And I think it's best to live an unevolved lifestyle. So I built a company, that regurgitated that. So my personal brand is the same as the company's brand because it's authentically me and and I created the company. So as a founder or anyone who's starting their own company, choose your, find out your core values and build a company around that and it's authentic. And so people who see me and see the brand, they go, yeah, that that makes sense. That's him, right? If you saw me smoking cigarettes and drinking beer all day and eating McDonald's, you would be like, whoa, that's (laughs) not right. Yeah. (laughs) It would just be off. And so so by by embracing what you do, like Elon Musk said it best. And it's one of the greatest things that I've, I mean that he ever said that I loved, which is when they asked him, like, do you care that Lucid is coming out with an electric vehicle and all these things? And he goes, I'm not competing with them. I'm competing with gas powered vehicles. My mission in life is to replace every gas powered vehicle with electric. Everbowl, my mission in life is to promote an unevolved lifestyle. If you go and go to one of my competitors that is doing the same thing we're doing and is doing it right, I support you. Obviously, I prefer yeah. you to come to Everbowl, but my mission is against the fast and the fried. It's not against my competitors that are doing quality superfood bowls in a similar fashion for a similar price point in their own spin on it. They're not my competitors. To the outside world, they feel like that's my competitor, but it's not. We're all, prom- I'm promoting a movement towards health and wellness and being the best version of yourself. That's the focus. I obviously prefer you come to Everbowl because I'm growing my own brand and, and it's our company. But if yeah. you choose my competitor because you just happen to like their bowls better than ours, but you choose it over McDonald's, I support you. Good job. Yeah. Like we're, we're, we're aligned. And so that's kind of the next evolution of, of that authenticity of what is your why? Because it's not to make money. And, and too often people think business is about making money. And if you chase money, um, it runs. It's like chasing an animal or a boy or a girl or anything. People and things don't like to be chased, yeah. right? And so just yeah. do have a strong why. Go after that. Money's the byproduct usually of a good business. And a good business is something that is solving a real problem in the world or providing a real solution or service in the world and done in an authentic way. And that brings people together.
0: So you've, you've got your brand and your lifestyle, and you're always promoting that lifestyle. Um, how is social media a, a, a part of that process? I assume it's a really big part now.
1: Uh, it is. It's a, I mean, I, I'll say this truthfully. It's a necessary evil, in my opinion, um, because I do want to unevolve, which means the technology side. I mean, I'm not technologically, uh, not against technology, but I am against having to air my entire life on a digital format for everyone else. But it's a, unfortunately, it's a, it, is a, it is a requirement in today's world because um, we now use these mediums as a way to communicate with the masses, right? So I've had to embrace it and um, I've had to expose some of my personal side of life because people want to get to know the person, right? They want to understand, they yeah. want to know who is right. the person behind the company or the people behind the company. And by seeing that, and they see that, I am living that unevolved lifestyle, I am eating my own dog food, I am authentic with what I'm saying, that provides a layer of validation that that the consumer wants in the marketplace, right? The consumer wants to know that. Like That's what was so telling when you, like there's a documentary and I'm blanking on the name, that got into social media that showed that the social media execs at all these companies don't let their families actually use the tools, right? Because they feel like it's negative. And I don't remember it's a documentary on Netflix, which is really telling because of how we are manipulating the human psychosis with digital with social media and how we're able to do things that can create false realities for humans. Now I'm not getting into all that right now, but um, but it's telling because when I realize that the CEO of Insta of Instagram and and the executives of Instagram don't let their children use the tool, my question is why not? I would love my kids to eat my Everbowl every day. I let yeah. them. My, my oldest daughter not only eats it, she works there, right? If if I didn't let my kids eat my food, that should make consumers wonder why, right? So sure. if I own the cigarette brand and I didn't make my kids smoke, then my question is why are you smoking?
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So for 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 guys like me, for example, so somebody who is, you know, a little, little bit later on and hasn't been part of social media, you know, over the past Fifteen years, who's just starting out, but they've got a business, and um, I know that things like this, podcasting and video series, I, I think you're, uh, you know, would promote. And I've heard you talk about that. How does how does some other people in the older generations get into the game a little bit? I, I found, you know, taking baby steps has helped mm-hmm. me to, you know, do do a post and then do something else, and it gets a little bit easier. What do you what do you suggest? Exactly that. You know yeah. start with the guy one of our core values
1: is kaizen get one percent better every day but it's also build one percent every day and exactly so the goal of social media for people just starting is to get your message out there and to attract your tribe whether it's customers or whether it's co-workers or recruit recruiting talent or selling a solution or a product or a service whatever you're doing the goal is to utilize the platform to get that out to the world and so you know if you're not doing it, you need to do some form of it and you need to identify what your business needs are and how you can use it. It's a tool, right? So it's, it's not a tool for everything. And people who try to make it like a panacea, it's not going to be that, but it could definitely be a tool in the toolbox that says, okay, you know, I'm in commercial real estate. I'm looking for, I'm a tenant rep. I'm looking for more people who may need that service or are looking to move. So putting out content that will attract them and understanding that if you're a If you are a commercial, no one's going to want to listen, right? So every time I went on and I said, I ever bowl because acai is highly (laughs) filled with antioxidants, no one cares. But if I show content that says, hey, you know, so-and-so prevented this because they ate healthy and they did this. And look at these people living their best self because they're putting good fuel in their body. And we continuously educate and show good content and make it both funny, informative, engaging, etc., and I focused on just that and let the byproduct of that be everable, 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 but it's more subconscious. That's what I use to try to attract people and it doesn't tune you out. And so, so same thing with social media, like getting to know you as an individual and understand like, Hey, you know, Bob is these things and he's also a tenant rep and you know what? Bob's a cool guy and I need a tenant rep. I'm going right. to call Bob, right? Yeah. It's that. It's, it's just the long game. It's just the same thing we do in the personal basis of networking, which is you don't need someone to go, hey, I'm a tenant rep and I want to sell. I want to represent <laughs> you. It's like, yeah, yeah. So it gives you the option to show what part of your world you're willing to share. Um, and then hopefully if you provide content that's informative or funny or engaging or provide something that makes me want to come back, you're now earning the opportunity to then drip what you do professionally or what your company does professionally that may or may not meet one of the needs I have. And so for us, it's, a you know, again, Everbowl, for us, it's about fuel for movement. It's about activity. It's about engaging people who want to live an active lifestyle, who want to be the best version of themselves and want to unevolve. And so we're going to show active humans, football teams, baseball teams, lacrosse, girls' soccer, tennis, gardening, biking, laying out at the beach, taking the stairs instead of the escalator, parking further from the grocery store and, and walking those extra steps, taking your dog for a walk, eating real food, what good food does for you, how you can prevent, and all this stuff. And occasionally we're gonna say, oh by the way, come to Everbowl, right? And I try to think of it using it like a commercial on TV. when the commercials come on is when you go make your sandwich, right? But during yeah. the Super Bowl you watch the commercials because they, they go they spend more effort during the Super Bowl to make them engaging because they know that they have such a big audience, they try to make them funny or informative, and so less people get up to leave. They actually like some some people only watch the Super Bowl for the commercials because they find them to be hilarious, right? That's a that that mindset should be applied all the time. And if you use it on social media, it could be extremely powerful.
0: By the way, my daughter loves the bowls, and uh, I love the coffee. The superfood coffee—it's like having breakfast. <laughs> and coffee. I'm gonna have the coffee anyways, so might as yeah. well have. Breakfast in there too,
1: right? That, that's that. That's ex- our unique selling proposition is exactly that. You drink coffee every
0: day. You may not eat
1: superfoods, so put the superfoods in your cup. <laughs> I
0: love it. How did you get? So how did you get into the EverBowl business? Uh, did you? I, I don't think you had a, a lot of restaurant experience when you got into it.
1: No zero. Um, I had sold a digital marketing agency and uh, was kind of figuring out what I was going to do next. I jokingly say I was driving my wife and kids crazy. um, And they said, go do something you're passionate about. And this is my passion. I mean, I'm super passionate about prevention of illness and being the best version of yourself and recognizing that the fuel we consume on a daily basis and the movement of our bodies makes us be our best self. Because when you eat good, you feel good. When you feel good, you perform good and you look good. And when you perform good and look good, you get the results you want. And when everyone's being their best version of themselves, they're happy, right? And that's the secret in life. And um, I'm afraid of disease. And I realize that a lot of people, especially in America and the Western society, are plagued with a lot of these conditions, heart disease, stroke, obesity, cancer, diabetes, hypertension. And the science has proven that 80% of these conditions are either preventable or delayable with lifestyle choices. So it's like, we know smoking is bad for us. Why do we smoke? Because they put nicotine in it and it's addicting. Okay. Okay. We know eating bad is bad for us. Why do we do it? And so I, I saw there was an opportunity to match two of my passions, you know, startups and, and and industry and running business, as well as health and wellness, and put them together. And so um Everbol was the byproduct of mirroring two things that were really important to me, health and wellness and startups. And so I started a company trying to trying to play my part on that and, and push and promote. And I thought there was uh, both the opportunity was there, but also that the world's ready. You know, you know, when you look at your daughter and, and who's fifth, you know, sophomore and mine as well in this generation, they choose to eat healthier anyway. You know, we grew up where I grew up on microwavable dinners and fast food and, and these kids today aren't, and the science is there. The information is there. They want healthier options, but they're not always available. So, um, there was a opportunity in the marketplace to solve the problem and do good and leave a good legacy and all the things that were important to me. And so it was, it was clear. It was like, this is it. This is what I'm going to go sink, sink my all into professionally. And it totally aligns with me personally. And so it was a natural fit. And I couldn't be more excited to have found it.
0: So is experience overrated?
1: <laughs> the most overrated, yes. <laughs> you can't get experience until you do it. And, and unfortunately, too often experience is uh, going to hinder you from how you can be successful. Because most industries, you gain experience by doing it the way that others are doing it and so then you create a me too business and a me too business doesn't stand out and so um, the ones that actually truly disrupt markets and actually grow and scale are the ones that do it differently and you need that with clear eyes and different thinking and so by coming into an industry with zero experience um, and i jokingly or not jokingly i emphatically say experience is the most overrated prerequisite to starting a company because by coming in with fresh eyes you can truly disrupt and you don't need to do the same thing everyone else is doing. You can just apply modern, real-world, real-time business acumen and tools that are available and go for it. And there's plenty of people there with experience if you need to bring them onto the team or ask questions. And so for us, it's just been great because our entire team had zero restaurant experience. So we're in the entertainment business, really. We're not here to be in the restaurant business. Uh, We're in the entertainment business. We understand what our need is. We need to entertain our customer. We need to engage with them. We need to help them be their best self and we'll bring on restaurant people as needed to make sure we follow restaurant protocol, but nine out of 10 restaurants fail. So why do I want all that experience under my belt before I start my own restaurant?
0: (laughs) Right, Love it. So what's next for, for Everbowl? You've got, I don't know, 20, 20 plus locations now. And I think you're franchising.
1: Yeah. Uh, So we have, uh, we just opened our 34th location last week. Um, Yeah, we're franchising, so we have uh, an additional forty under development across um, the country. From we just signed ten yesterday in a ten-unit deal with a group that's opening in Georgia, Florida, and um, South Carolina. Uh, We have stores coming to South Florida, Orlando. Uh, We're working. We're in currently. We're in Oregon, Utah, Arizona, Nevada, and California with open stores, and um, we're looking to bring on others that want to take control of their financial freedom and maybe be an entrepreneur and and run their own business and um, are looking to help promote an unevolved lifestyle and live and breathe this. And if you want to join the Ever family, of course, we'd love to to get to know you and see if it's a good fit both for you and for us and make sure that our opportunities align with what you're looking for and you are aligned with what we're looking for. And if so, please go to Everbull.com forward slash franchise, fill out a form and we'll get to know each other and see if it's a good fit.
0: So like you, I'm from San Diego. And uh, I can see how Everbull just really fits in with our lifestyle here. I spent about 20 years though out in, in North Carolina. I was in Charlotte, North Carolina for a long time. And so, how does how does it fit in out out east on the East Coast? I mean, I, I think it is going to work fantastic. But just want to get your thoughts on. Uh, it's a little bit it's a little bit different out there.
1: Yeah, great question. And, and to be uh, transparent. We've yet to open one, but I agree with you. Um, I think the people in, in the Southeast and on the East Coast and in the South, um, they're, one of the excuses we make to why we don't eat healthy is accessibility, and I don't believe that they don't want to be healthy, and I don't believe that they don't want access to quality nutrition. I think that they just don't have options, and so we're going to be the option. We're going to provide them that coastal lifestyle opportunity to to have what we have here on the West Coast and give it to them. And I do believe we're skating to where the puck's going to be. Is there going to be some learning curve and growing and growing pains? Yeah, of course. We're going to have to educate. We're going to have to get people to step out of their comfort zone and try it. But I do wholeheartedly believe that those who do come in and, and you know, as, as we try to say, we don't ask you to change your whole life overnight. You like fast and fried food and you eat it 98% of the time. That's great. Replace one meal or one snack this week with something healthy, whether it's Everbull or something like an Everbull. And just see how you feel afterwards. And when you feel good and you're like, wow, that actually tasted really good, eventually you'll get to two and three and four and five. And and we're going to help lead the cause on the forefront of, the, of that and bring health and wellness to the south and the southeast where, it's, where it is limited. You know, it's some of the most, unfortunately, some of the most unhealthy states in the country per, when you look at what the, all the reports that come out always show and, and based on, you know, people. And so I do believe we're going to do really good things there. And I do believe that you also are seeing a mass migration of younger generational people who can't afford to unfortunately live in some of these states like California and New York, where the cost of living is so high that you're seeing them all moving now to Tennessee and to North and South Carolina and Georgia and Alabama and Mississippi and, and uh, St. Louis and and Florida, because the cost of living is lower. And so um, same thing, you know, skate to where the puck's gonna be. It's one of the easiest things you can do if you're if you're not extremely fast or the most talented and recognize the world is going towards health and wellness. The information's there, we all are aware. Um, those who know, know, and those who don't know are going to know over the next 10, 20, 30 years. And these younger generations, they need access to quality nutrition and we're gonna do our part.
0: Lastly, we're in San Diego. This is a San Diego-based show. What's it like? What's the what's it like building a business in San Diego and and the business climate here? Uh,
1: I love it personally. I grew up here, though, so this is home. Um, It's, you know, San Diego is one of the biggest small cities in the country. You know, uh, it's funny because we're so close to L.A. that we get a lot of that overlap. And um, not a lot of major companies are started in San Diego, but a lot of people love San Diego because we're L.A. without as nearly as much traffic. Although it's getting worse <laughs> by the day, um, but being be, being able to do this in my hometown where I grew up, and, and being able to see the impact of <clears throat> hiring so many people in these communities, and watching what we can do, and leave our mark on this city is, is great. Because I think San Diego is the greatest city in the world. Yeah,
0: great. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Really appreciate it.
1: Oh, of course, thank you for having me, and we'll have to we'll have to meet for a bowl. One of these days,
0: anytime, and a coffee. Yeah. coffee.
1: I get absolutely
0: <laughs> sounds good, appreciate it. Thank you, thanks again, Jeff. Bye bye.